Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast Radio. Good morning, Alan, and good morning again to your listeners. You have chosen Southeast Radio to make a very important announcement today, so I'll let you make the announcement straight away. Thanks indeed, Alan. And it was important to me that, um, because I've been asked by journalists up and down the country for the last number of months uh, about my future political intentions, but it was important for me that I would reveal that in Southeast Radio to the people of Wexford first. Um, I've been extraordinarily privileged. It's the privilege of my life to have served as a representative in Dáil Éireann for this great county. I've been elected in nine Dáilina over nearly 40 years um, and come to be elected by the support, the magnificent support of Wexford. And I think it's important for me to, to announce that I will not be contesting the next general election. Um, I've reflected back on 40 years of public service at the, the, the highest levels. I, I am privileged to have held a great many um, public offices within my own party as party leader and party deputy leader. I've served in cabinet in challenging ministries in health, in the environment, in public expenditure, in a, in a financial crisis. Uh, and I think now is the time for me to step aside. I've achieved um, all that I, I think I can achieve, and I've given all that I can give uh, to the job that, as I say, has been the defining characteristic of my life, the, the service of the people of this great county. And this county itself means so much to you. Maybe before we even get into mm. the core of what you've done down through the years, um, can you talk to me about your love of county and the fact that you, like many others who've gone before you, practically, in fact, it's not practically, you, you dedicated your life to politics. Oh, no, I mean, I, I, I've given my life to politics, um, and I did that with, 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 with great happiness. It was all-consuming because to do what I've done over four decades... Uh, requires you to be uh, on the the job, if you like, uh, 24-7, always. And to be, um, you know, at the core of things, of important moments in history. Uh, When I look back at the evolution of Ireland over the last four decades, it's been transformative. Ireland is a completely changed place uh, to the Ireland that uh, first elected me, to the county that first elected me uh, in the early 1980s. And uh, I've been privileged, as I say, to be part of that evolution in key ministries uh, at pivotal points in history uh, when I was able to um, sometimes directly participate, sometimes initiate Hmm. momentous change. Uh, And I, I, I have no regrets from any of that. I want to to reflect it into two areas, Brendan. I want to talk about Brendan Howland representing Mm. County Wexford and where you believe the changes that came through Mm. your time as a deputy, as a minister, and of course as leader of the Labour Party and the effect it had on County Wexford. But I'd like to look at it nationally and internationally first off. Like, I I mean, let's let's take a snapshot. You you would have gone through many different governments. Mm. Um, Is it true you saw Charlie Hawhey six times? (laughs) That actually is true. Uh, One of my first... written somewhere he, he, yeah. he, he saw off Charlie Hawhey six times now, to see off Charlie Hawhey once but to see him off six times well Charlie uh, was leading a minority government at the time uh, uh, and the opposition was, was rather divided but I was a Labour Party whip at that stage and I worked hard to build a majority against uh, the government uh, that uh, when they were doing things that were absolutely wrong 
And the final, we did it six times, but the very final time that I managed to, to do that, uh, I was also a health spokesperson and I introduced um, a resolution into the doll uh, to allow proper compensation for hepatitis sufferers, mm. people who had got hepatitis from contaminated blood products, if you recall. Yeah. And uh, I wanted a compensation scheme. The government was refusing that. And I built um, a coalition of everybody else to vote them down. And Charlie Hawhey, who was Taoiseach, had just come back from mm. Japan that day. And he came directly into the doll. So very unusually for an opposition motion, the entire cabinet came in to hear my speech. Hmm. And the government whip told me that if I pushed this to a vote, that the Taoiseach Charlie Hawhey would call a general election. I did. The government was defeated and he called a general election. Right. And did you ever actually go head to head with him afterwards? Did he ever meet you afterwards? Because I, I, I met him when he came to Wexford <laughs> many to, years ago. He used ago. to sidle over to me. At that stage, he used to say, Young Howland. <laughs> and he, but, I mean, he, he was a, a very... Commanding person. Well, some would say menacing. Because, <laughs> uh, he, at the time, do you remember the, all the heaves that were happening and, and the troubles within Feet of Fall? And he would always... Um, uh, give the aura mm-hmm. of if you yeah. if you crossed him, okay. there was a consequence. All but, right. You know the the long flow of history. Right. Uh, that was early days, and as I say, I was able subsequently to work with Fianna Fáil, um, particularly with Albert Reynolds, uh, and I attended at um, the the first meeting between Dick Spring yeah. and Albert Reynolds after the 92 general election um, when the yeah. peace process was first discussed yeah. and how it could be advanced and what was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And that was a pivotal moment in getting us to go well, into government. With well, let's talk the about the peace process yeah. and, and let's talk about, just to give an example, because in this time we have with you, um, just to, I, I'm, I'm told there's a detailed interview in the Irish Times tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they'll probably go more into your national and, uh, and international side of things. Canary Wharf, let's, yeah. let's just take that, that as yeah. one example. Well, I remember Remember, um, the peace process, we'd put enormous effort into it. Um, we were working well. Um, there was a ceasefire um, in Northern Ireland, which was absolutely pivotal to the success of the peace process. And I remember it vividly. I was holding a constituency clinic in Murphy Floods Hotel in Enniscorthy when the Canary Bomb uh, w- was exploded and, and that shattered the peace process. I remember um, my driver at the time came in and said, um, Minister, you, you need to go back to, to, to Dublin immediately. Um, there's an emergency cabinet meeting. Uh, and we had to try and put, put the pieces uh, together again. Uh, and Dick Spring uh, and Albert Reynolds worked very hard to try and put the pieces together again uh, after that um, you know, ending of the ceasefire. Mm. But these were moments of great tension. Um, but there was also you know, enormous positive things. Uh, mm. I remember... Um, being in the, in the discussions to nominate Mary Robinson as uh, as the first woman to be president of Ireland, and nobody gave her a chance. Uh, and I remember that campaign as the the polls shifted towards her, and the the, the change in yeah. Ireland that her election in 1990 brought in. Yeah. And I, I actually I was on again. I was on uh, the RTE radio program when the famous P. Flynn remarks were made. Do you remember? Uh, that uh, about her, about Mary Robinson. I think that uh, rebounded greatly to Mary Robinson's advantage uh, mm. that such a, uh, a ridiculous comment would be made by a member of the government at the time. So, yeah. you know, there's so many different uh, recollections I have in that broad sweep. Obviously, 
my what about t- the leaders you worked with, Brendan? The people yeah. you were. Uh, who did you spark off of, and, <laughs> and who did you work well with? Um, within the own, my own party, uh, I was obviously closest uh, to Dick Spring. Uh, Dick was an incredibly strong, uh, strong-willed, but principled individual, and uh, I think uh, people rallied to the party because of that. Mm. And I tried to certainly emulate that myself uh, in, in my own dealings with people. And who did you spark off of? Uh, um, you mentioned Charlie Hoy. He'd, be, he'd, <laughs> have, been, he'd have been one. Um, the, the P. Flynn's of this world, we, you know, we, we weren't uh, great uh, in terms of the, our relationships. But again, I worked with everybody. When I became Minister for Health, P. Flynn was the EU Commissioner Mm. And I met him in his Brussels office and he said to me, um, you and I are different parties. We haven't always got on, mm. but I'm here wearing the green jersey. And if you need anything in the, for the Department of Health, uh, I'm your man here. And right. that's, that's the way you reach across, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, potential divides. Uh, and you know perceived divides hmm. uh, to work f- for a common purpose and certainly yeah. it's been my privilege in Wexford always to have a very well I wouldn't say always generally almost always to have a very cooperative arrangement yeah. uh, with all my Oireachtas colleagues when we work for a common objective I have two landmark moments that I will never forget uh, as a broadcaster one of them was in this studio around about 2009 I think it was or 2010 you, you, you correct me if I got the date wrong and the other was after one of the elections after the crash yeah um, and I'm going to look at that one first before mm. I go back to the one here in the, in, in southeast okay. radio um, you turned to me that day uh, as you were elected uh, you had topped the poll on that occasion and you turned to me and I'll never forget it you said to me what I have to do now is going to make me one of the most unpopular people <laughs> in Ireland and you went on to become the, one of the most unpopular people <laughs> in Ireland you told me our coffee were empty yeah. and decisions had to be made. How difficult was for that for you as a politician, Brendan, and as a man yeah. to, to have to make those decisions? It and was, just how bad was it at the time? I mean, when we were elected in 2011, um, the easiest thing for us to do was to walk away. Um, and many people advised us, don't go into government. But I offer myself to serve in good times and in bad. And if you run away from service, because the, t- the, 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 the path ahead is rocky and vicious. And we had three crises to uh, address. We had a fiscal crisis because the, 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 the state was broke. We literally had no money, no mm. money at all. How, how close were we to be bankrupt? Oh, we had no money. Without IMF and Troika support, we couldn't have continued paying pensions or wages in this country for public services beyond five months. That's right. what we had. Yeah. Uh, we had also an, uh, an employment crisis because the crash had put 200,000 additional people out of work. And the third thing, we had a banking crisis mm. because we had dysfunctional banks that needed massive bailouts. Uh, and any one of those crises would have crippled a country. Mm. And we had to uh, try and address, build confidence again, uh, so, although it was the most difficult, the most challenging, yeah. the most harrowing in many cases, and... And I, you got personal, a lot of personal oh, abuse, didn't every, you? Every member of that government got terrible abuse that we haven't, we haven't recounted, um, mm. because, you know, it's not about us. Uh, we, we've internalised that, um, but some of it was, was very, very rough, and families suffered. How rough did it get? Uh, I mean, to be threatened physically. Really? Uh, as happened. Yeah. Uh, I, on occasions, walked out of the, the department and had to go back in because people were threatening me. Um, it, but it, 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 the other side of that is that was the proudest five years of my political life mm. because we 
inheriting that crisis, those three crises I talked about, where we could have simply been unviable as a country. Over the five years we were in government, we changed things. We balanced the books, as difficult and painful and excruciating as that was for the people of Ireland. We got 200,000 people back into work and jobs, and we rebuilt a, a functioning banking system. And we wouldn't, if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been able to um, face the crisis we face since, like COVID. We were able to pay, the, the, the government at the time was able to pay people uh, during the COVID crisis because we had healthy finances. Right. And those healthy finances had to be built. Uh, and I, I'm proud of the role I played. Uh, of course, we made mistakes. God knows we made mistakes. But it was like fighting a war on three fronts. Mm. And you were it got, bat- it got really nasty. I remember on one occasion, one protest, uh, someone fired the recorder. It was a water protest, yeah. actually. And someone came over to me and fired the recorder out of my hand. Oh, I yeah. mean, there was another incident where yourself and uh, George were in a restaurant or That's something. That's right. Um, we were in a restaurant after a function in Dublin and um, were followed in by a, a, pro- a, a crowd that were protesting and surrounded us and threatened us. Uh, we mm-hmm. had to be brought into the cellar mm-hmm. uh, as the guards came to... But we were physically um, threatened to right. the point that we thought we would be assaulted. Okay. But, I mean... They're the, the you know the downsides of it. There's so many positive sides of it. Okay. So many wonderful moments of achievement. And of, I want to look of, at of those. delivering for yeah. Wexford, of delivering for the country, that have characterised my life. That um, and it's important. Things I'll reflect upon. It's important as you share this uh, decision mm. with us this morning. We reflect on that. The other moment I want to go back mm. is the day you were in studio with me, when we had heard rumblings about the future mm. of Wexford General Hospital, and you produced a leak. Yeah. Uh, leaked document and all hell broke loose and when I say all hell broke loose yeah. I have never talk about supporting Wexford in Croke Park yeah. in a Leinster or Ireland <laughs> final nothing compared to what happened after that because the Wexford Community Alliance was allowed, yeah. uh, fo- uh, formed Established, yeah. uh, we stood four square with our hospital and I'll let you go through it, but yeah. that leaked document that day, that yeah. perhaps I was mean, one of the most we, momentous days in the history of this county. We have, we've been, uh, one of the, 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 if you like, the threads of my political life has been defending Wexford General Hospital. Uh, because going back even to Brendan Corish's time and beyond, the Fitzgerald report before his time, they're always trying to close it in some shape or form and change it and amalgamate it with someplace else. And we've always defended it, uh, you know, in Brendan in his time, me in my own time. Uh, but that document basically exposed the truth that they were going to take away our A&E. And uh, I was determined that that wouldn't happen. And you played a pivotal role in, in that. And the station played a pivotal role in, in galvanising uh, public opinion to the point that we're, this is not going to happen. Mm. And then, luckily, I went into government, uh, again, in the, in the most difficult of times. And from the protests of 2011, when our A&E was in real jeopardy, uh, to be, by the end of my time in in that five years government, uh, we had built a brand new A and E, and we had built a brand new maternity. But there was uh, also unit. panic, Brendan. When when it got across the line, I remember oh, yeah. getting a phone call from you. Where are your recordings? Yes, yes. And I said, what <laughs> recordings? In it? Because I had I That's had right. Enda Kenny committing. That's I right. had James Riley committing. Yeah. I had the Labour Party leader Eamon Gilmore at the time yeah. committing. Yeah. And next thing, we burned them onto a CD. They were brought up by Father Jim Fegan That's right. and Liam Dwyer to you. Yeah. And the funding had mysteriously... It was 20 million, wasn't it? That was early on, it, yeah. It, it, had, it, it was going missing. Yeah. Or, or you had to go find it. What happened? Well, uh, they, uh, Eve, I called in when I became minister, of course. I, I called in the HSE. And they were... Even me giving... Uh, ensuring they had the money, they were reluctant to build it. Mm. 
And eventually I said, the, the, this is absolutely critical. This is going to happen. And they came away and came back and said, eventually, okay, we'll build the A&E, but we won't do the maternity unit. And I said, you didn't listen to me. You didn't hear me. They're both being built. And they were, thankfully, right. uh, after great battles. But it, it, you need to have you know, the, the, the drive and the support of the Wexford people to, to make these things happen. And, and I remember and James Riley said the maternity section at the time wasn't fit for purpose. Yeah. So we had, all, we had located all of this stuff. It was, and I mean, I talk about the GAA, I talk about yeah. the, the, the clergy, I talk about Father Jim Fegan who chaired it, yeah. uh, Paddy McKiernan, oh, yeah. some great names great. Me- mentioned Liam Dwyer, uh, oh, yeah. and the station itself. Yeah, and, yeah. and, like, it, it, was oh, no, it was an a, incredible it, time, really. It was a, a true community campaign and I remember uh, putting uh, people we gave out cards you remember mm-hmm. support Wexford Hospital uh, and they were in everybody's windows uh, and anybody going around could see that the w- people of Wexford weren't going to tolerate any downgrading of Wexford right. and that political message filtered out into everybody's ears so it was a, a huge campaign okay let's look at some of the other yeah. uh, 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 you, you want to highlight some of the yeah, things you got across the line I mean the Garda station well the, the, the obviously, obviously in my own time uh, I was able to, to do the Divisional Guard, the uh, headquarters. The previous government had, had bought a site that I didn't think was suitable at all, out, out the Rosslare Road. Uh, and I discussed it with the guards and we, we, we produced um, uh, uh, an alternative site. I, actually, mm. I asked the, 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 the super and uh, local sergeant to go and find the suitable site. And they looked at 12 and came back to me and said, we found the site, which is uh, where it is now, and we built it there. Mm. And um, it was never easy because as soon as we started building, we found uh, there was asbestos on the on the site, and that cost another million. Right. It had to be cleared, and another six months delay, and, and all of that. Uh, and the same with the courthouse. You know, getting the courthouse done um, because I'm o- I was always concerned if we hadn't built Wexford Divisional Garda headquarters yeah. when it was built. Um, there was every likelihood that we wouldn't have a divisional headquarters. It could have been gone when w- Wexford and, and, and uh, Wicklow were amalgamated into, into, into Wicklow. Yeah. Uh, and the same with the courthouse. We needed to have a purpose-built courthouse to ensure that we'd have um, the whole array of courts available in Wexford. Uh, and similarly with the main roads that we were able to do in my time. You know, I, from my t- going back to my time in environment, wanted to finish the M11 all the way to Rosslear. And, you know, when I left government, it seemed go off the priority list and then mm. the road to Waterford was prioritised, if you recall. Yeah. And the motorway was built there, although that wasn't, didn't have the same um, demand in terms of... Uh, and was this because of being Minister for Public Expenditure Reform, you, you managed to get all well, these across uh, the line? The, the two roads were PPPs. And I negotiated the PPPs uh, mm. as Minister for Public Expenditure that fell within my yeah. remit uh, and to be able to get the Enniscorthy bypass done. I mean, where would we be post-Brexit if we hadn't got that motorway yeah. with the, the volume of additional traffic that's now coming right. in from, from, from Ross Lair? Uh, you know, it's gone up 400%. Mm. Uh, and all those sailings now are catered for by good road links um, that don't get bottlenecked in either in the Scorthy or okay. New Ross. The leading of the Labour Party, was yeah. that a dream you had? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I, I mean, I, I, in many ways, you know, I, I was the successor of Brendan Corish. Uh, and I contested it previously. You were all, also called Brendan after Brendan Corish, That's true. is that right? I was yeah. called Brendan after Brendan Corish, and uh, Johnny Corish um, was called Johnny, John after my dad, mm. John Howland. Uh, John and Brendan were extraordinary uh, close friends. Uh, and, you know, I remember as a young fella when Brendan Corish was elected Tanishta in uh, 1973, um, been driven by my dad, I was only a year boy, uh, to, um, to meet him. Coming back, 
uh, and he was uh, Minister for um, Health uh, and Minister for Social Protection. I didn't know that the next Labour Minister for Health would be me, in terms of Wexford, uh, Wexford mm. Minister for Health would be me, when in 93, 20 years later, yeah. I became um, Labour's uh, Minister for Health. People are going to be asking what you're going to do next, but I have, I, I got a chance to speak to the leader of the Labour Party, Ivana okay. Batchik, and she sends you this message. Well, good morning, Alan, and I would indeed like to pay tribute to my dear friend and colleague and indeed mentor, Brendan Halland, who has announced today that he won't be running in the next general election. Brendan has represented the constituency of Wexford, his beloved Wexford, in the Oireachtas with such energy and such tenacity over actually the last four decades. And, you know, he has served at so so many levels. He served the Labour Party so well, most notably as our party leader um, uh, between 2016 and 2020. But, of course, he served as minister in the Departments of Health, of Environment and Department of Public Expenditure. And he has a proven record all over those periods in government of delivery, of reforms, of changes, uh, of delivery, for example, of freedom of information and of uh, legislation guaranteeing more transparency in public institutions protection for whistleblowers during his time in the Department of Public Expenditure. He played a crucial role in steering the state back from bankruptcy and he's just been at the heart of so many changes in Irish life and society over the years he's been in public service. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Alan of his campaigning on progressive issues like marriage equality, like abortion rights, long before they were popular. And all throughout he's kept a sense of humour, great commitment and strategic insight. I wish Brendan the very best and I look forward to continue to work it, working with him of course during the remainder of this Oireachtas term and of course I look forward to working closely with Councillor George Lawler who's been such a stalwart and such a strong representative for the people of Wexford at local level and I know George will continue to serve the party as well and look forward to campaigning with him in the local elections next year and I know Brendan will be there too. Labour Party leader Ivana Batchik, your colleague uh, Joe um, Ryan has sent a, a message from the Camino Walk to wish you the very best of luck. He is a man of the highest political integrity and the epitome of what a public representative should be. I know you're a little bit nostalgic this morning, uh, and I, I totally understand it's, that. It's, it's in many ways an emotional day because I say this is uh, if it, like the the my life in many ways. That um, it, now coming that phase of it. Um, is a closing chapter, and it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's an emotional time. And I I want to remember uh, supporters who have been with me from the beginning. And there are too many to mention all of them, but just Anne Byrne, uh, who was my director of elections from the start, uh, my champion and supporter, and people like Mary Fallon and Phyllis Gordon, Paddy Green and Noel Walsh in in, in Tumon and and and, and Noel's dad, Mick, Frank O'Connor and Ennis Gorty, Stephen. Well, there's so many more. I can't mention them all. And I also am thinking of. Some of those have gone to the reward uh, and um, I was in my office in Leinster House yesterday and I have a picture of Fonzo Mann on the wall behind yeah. me. And you told me the story of your yeah. dad that he, he never got to see you become a TD. Yeah, my dad died um, a few months before I became a TD. I was actually a senator and I was mayor of Wexford um, but he died this time of the year, um, uh, just a few months. He died in October and I was elected to TD the following uh, the following February. But I think of, you know, the Bardog Roach, Tommy Roach, Tommy Carr, Eddie O'Connor, Tommy and Sheila Byrne, who were, you know, were both blind, but they went out canvassing and we had great fun. And of course, the unique Packy Hayden. Do you remember Packy Hayden? Packy, um, when it was allowed, uh, you were allowed to actually canvass outside polling stations. 
he would have to be prized away from from the polling station yeah. from first thing in the morning until the polls closed he was there canvassing for, for me uh, and I was sustained through the darkest of times by such wonderful, wonderful supporters. Thank you for joining me in studio. There's two questions to put to you as we round off. Uh, a special... You've announced it here in South East mm. Radio, so we wish you well for the future. What does the future hold for you? Have you any idea? <laughs> I haven't a clue, really. There's, um, are there I, talks about a, a Brendan run for the presidency? <laughs> that question's been put to me. Um... I was privileged to work for the election of Mary Robinson. I was privileged to nominate Michael D. Higgins mm-hmm. in the Labour Party to, to be a candidate and he remains a very close uh, friend. I'm not sure I would uh, be able to fill those uh, those shoes. <clears throat> He's been a remarkable, is a remarkable president of Ireland. I don't know what I'm going to do myself. You have a love for, for, for Africa. Well, I've been working yeah. with Africa and African charities um, all all my life as well, uh, all my political life from the time uh, I got involved in the anti-apartheid movement and I would like to use my skills if I could, but that's, mm. you know, to be worked out if I could do yeah. um, uh, some of the political work in terms of uh, improving democracy in, in Africa. I, I think that's uh, an important job of work, but who knows what I'll, okay. I'll end up doing. My first job is to ensure that the team we select in Wexford for the local elections, which is the next electoral contest in Wexford, are elected. I'm very confident we have, we'll have great candidates. Uh, so the baton um, of service that goes back from the foundation of the state, uh, we had great public servants from the Labour Party before my time, and we'll have great public servants okay. after my time. Final question. Pick two. One local and one national that you're, you're, you would like your legacy to be. I honestly believe that uh, we have to thank you for our hospital. Well, you're very kind to say that. Um, it certainly has been pivotal. In <laughs> I, I was determined that it would happen. Um, but whenever anything um, that concerned Wexford uh, was was coming on, uh, I, I, I'm behind it. And I will be behind it, no matter who is right. advocating for it. And I remember <laughs> my colleague um, Kathleen Lynch giving advice to another colleague uh, in our time in government that said, listen, if you want money for any project, make sure Wexford will benefit if you want Brendan Howland's support. Okay. And nationally, is it Coco's Law? Is it Bain well, Legacy? The most, or what? the most recent thing I've done uh, from the back from the opposition benches is the enactment of Coco's Law, uh, which protects people online, particularly uh, young people, um, and inspired by Jackie Fox and others who who suffered terribly because of online abuse. And I think we, we need to continue improving that, that sort of legislation. But there are so many things. From the ethics side, you know, Havana touched upon the whistleblowing legislation, the freedom of information uh, legislation that I've enacted. Uh, going back to mundane things, one of my first acts as Minister for Health, uh, your, your, your listeners will laugh was to deregulate condoms, which uh, was a big issue in this country. So I have, as I said, been a witness and a participant in the transformation, I hope for the better, I know for the better, of our great country. We take the opportunity to thank you and wish you well. Now, the bishop is up next. I didn't come in to give you... I didn't ask him specifically to give you a blessing, but perhaps he'll give you one anyway and wish you well for the future. Thank you so much, Alan, and thank you for all that you continue to do for our county. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Southeast.